0: Join Reddit on Wiki every Monday and Friday for some of the most jaw-dropping stories Reddit has to offer. With each episode, John, Sean, and Josh meticulously curate the most engaging content from Reddit, transforming it into a podcast experience filled with laughter, awe, and sometimes disbelief. I, I bet. Get ready for a roller coaster ride of emotions with the most captivating stories from the corners of the internet. Subscribe to Reddit on Wiki wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Ken Scott is here. Yeah, Amazing okay. magician. Actually, Ken, I think you're uh-huh. the first yeah, magician yeah. that has ever been on the Sarah Fraser show.
1: Okay, yeah. No.
0: Yes, I think so. I've had tons of comics. I've had actors. You know, I've had every reality star under the shot. You know, and I told you, I've ha- I actually had a woman that was married to a chandelier. She was having sex with her chandelier. Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: That, I'm sorry mom I'm sorry I'm on right I can't talk right now mom I don't know what's going on I I met her last week yes
0: <laughs> I know you're really busy with your chandelier I think you're the first magician I love
1: yay! it yay Woo, Ken Scott! I should get my trophy let me get the trophy
0: oh lord please we have no budget here uh you know we're holding on by a thread um look <laughs> so Ken Scott for people that don't know amazing magician I met you a couple weeks ago at the magic castle for people that don't know what the Magic Castle is, because I had no idea until I moved to Los Angeles a year ago, it's this like, it was built, I don't even you probably know, like a hundred years ago?
1: Yeah, it was built, it started out as, uh, if you look at it, it was built like, that whole area was Orange Grove area, where Orange is, and that was a house where I think workers lived, I believe, but then it, it, would, it turned into a psych ward, like a hospital type thing, Oh, and then it became apartments. And then the castle bought it, I think, in the 50s. And I think it was opened in the early 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And that it's been the Magic Castle. It was the Larson family who started it. And uh, they built this place. They were in TV. uh, We were doing a lot of stuff, I think, for CBS at the time. And they basically took that house and sculpted into what it is now. Now, some places have been like where you saw me. That was like, I think, not even there. I think it was a like a parking deck or something at one point they they turned that whole area into a theater it was at one point it was just basically the close up room and the dining room was that was the only place that they had there at the castle so it's it- it's a uh,
0: when you yeah. go to Hollywood, it's just this amazing place on a Hill, all lit up. Now I, I, you know, I I've talked about it on this podcast. Cause when I moved here, I was like, I have to go there. So I see you a couple weeks ago and you were so funny. Uh, you are amazing with magic. I've always loved magic for people that don't know you. You are from Atlanta. You are based right. in Atlanta. You've performed five times at the white house. You've yep. been named Atlanta magician of the year. You've performed for celebrities from Matt Damon to usher. Um, have you performed for any real housewives in atlanta yet
1: i think i have but i don't know who they were because i've told my daughter i go i think that was one of the you know i think i've done birthday parties for them for their kids (laughs) uh but you guys, you kind of know when you go to these places, you go, oh, this must, this has got to be somebody, you know? Yeah, so.
0: this has got to be somebody. So I was just so, your act was so funny. I said, you, you know, you have to come on the show because I'm fascinated how somebody becomes, it's like a stand-up comedian, you know, because it's so rare how someone makes an entire career out of magic.
1: It is, It's you know, uh, it's we, we were talking about that and I, I don't, I've never been a comedian. And I, and I even told you, I, I don't think I could go out and, you know, grab a mic and start talking. I don't, that's just not my thing. I, my props is, you know, I need that as my crutch, uh, but I do love improv moments. I, I think I do, it makes me uh, fresh. It makes me, you know, current as opposed to just living off a script, even though I've got a script up here and I've written and typed it, you know, I like to zig and zag, as I say, or as Dave Chappelle says, you got to zig and zag. Um, so I, I like that. And I like, you know, my show is geared for people. I I want them to all enjoy and kind of be like, I'm the, the guy who's just facilitating the fun and like, I can have. You know the the dad, the husbands like the show just as much as the wives, and I kind of that's kind of where I kind of write the show for. So
0: yeah. oh, it, it is so good. People need to see you. You travel across the country. We'll we'll get to all that. Uh, but actually, it's funny because you said you. How did you even start? Like, were you one of these magician proteges, or like, were you like six no, years so, old?
1: Yeah. So my my mom, when I was eight years old, she got me a magic book for Christmas one year, and I it was just kind of a throwaway, you know, and I. I picked it up and ended up making a few of the tricks in there at eight years old. And she saw, wow, that was, you know, as a mother does, she's like, that was good. Uh, even though it probably sucked. Um, and then she went to the magic shop and bought me a few tricks for my birthday, which was like five months later. And I didn't know what a magic shop was. And she didn't. She bought me a few props. And I'm like, she was trying to demonstrate what they did. I go, mom, I don't know what you're doing. I can't tell. She's I don't know. I'll just take you back up there. Let, let them show you. So when I went into this magic shop, it was like this whole like it was walls of magic tricks and I was just like in awe. And you know, to this day, even though there's not as many, I still go into a magic shop and just go, wow, this is like, a, you know, I'm a kid in a candy store. So it started very young. And then I uh, kind of did magic all when I was a little kid. And as I got in my teen years, I got more into sports. So I kind of got out of magic. And then when I went high school, I got back into a little bit more. And then college, I went to college for broadcasting. And uh, I just got out of magic altogether and came out of school right into radio. And I went to work at a big station in Atlanta, which at the time I think was like a top five station in the country. So I went from, you know, usually you go to work at a really rinky-dink station, but I didn't. I went to work at a really fine top of the, you know, state-of-the-art equipment. And I was working on a morning show and it was, I loved it. I was making $10,000 a year living with my my mom, (laughs) uh, loving life. You know, I'm like, if I didn't make... $10,000 $10,000 in one, I'd be fine. I'm happy with this for the rest of my life. Uh, and then I was there, I don't know, three years? And then, uh, of all things, I, there was like seven of us that get laid off. And one of the guys who came in and came in as an intern and took, took our jobs was none other than Ryan Seacrest. What? He
0: Wait came a minute, in. Wait, because yeah. Ryan, Ryan was from Atlanta, right? So you yes. actually, so you physically, so Ryan Seacrest stole your fucking job when he's like all of 17. I don't wanna say stole, he came
1: in as a high school intern or he was getting out of high school, about to go to college and they just let, it was our station went from a uh, different, uh, you know, a station name to a different one and it was, took a while for it to get their, their footing. Uh, and they just let, uh, you know, guys like me that were making crap money, they let us, they let seven of us go and they brought some interns in and Ryan was one of the interns. So I'm like, look at that bastard now. I mean, he, uh, yeah. Yeah
0: it's so funny because obviously you know we were talking before I, I was in radio for years morning radio host I think that's why you are so great with the crowd there's something about radio people radio does train you I think I think because it, you have to learn how to like describe things and yes I don't yeah. know it, you know it, you have the voice for it anyway we, so we both were in morning radio and uh, did they did is it the typical morning firing like did you just like go in one day or and after the show they were like alright we won't need you anymore and then they like take your key it card was kind of and-
1: like that, I mean, they, they, they had put me on as, uh, like, morning producer. And here I am, 20 years old. I don't know what a frickin' producer is. But this guy who came back into town, they had let this morning crew go, and they brought this guy who was, like, a huge Atlanta phenomenon who left and went to Texas and Denver, and then came back to Atlanta. Uh, and I mean, because I, I used to listen to him as a kid, and I would call in the station and request a song, and but I was in awe of him. So when he came to the station, I was working uh, nights running this jazz show, right? Just pushing carts. Yes. And I see this guy, Steve McCoy come in and I went, wait a minute, that's Steve, that's Steve McCoy. And the, the, the program director comes in after they do the tour. He goes, you didn't see anybody come in here tonight. I said, yeah, whatever. And then three weeks later he gets hired and they, they brought me in and he brought me in as his uh, uh, producer. But I just didn't know the, the gig for, the, for doing what I was doing that morning show. So I probably should have just stayed there working jazz shows and make, just learning my way up. But I went right into the morning show and then they uh, got a real producer that could do the real producing stuff that knew how to do it. So I think they pushed, they let me stay on for a few more months doing like promotions and stuff. And then it kind of just went, it fizzled out. So, so uh, and, I, and I, I just took a, it, it gave me a bad taste for radio because I and now I think you both radio is definitely not what it used to be. You know, back when you were doing it and I was there for sure. Uh, so radio is not, it's, it's not the same radio. It was,
0: I know it was amazing for a long time. I mean, it was, and it was like wild. Like you could, I mean, you did all these stunts, you could do everything. I mean, you know, so, so you exit radio and then what was the path to magic from there?
1: Well, I got married and then I, uh, I'm like, all right, I think I want to do this magic. So we just kind of, I had a, at that time I had a, a, a regular job during the day that I was working, just a like a like a UPS type type place. Hated it, you know, uh, but you know, it was it was stable money and insurance, all that good stuff. My wife worked for the phone company, so she had insurance as well. And then it got to where I was using vacation time to go do shows. And so once it got to that point, I said, is there a way I can go part time? And they, they let me go part time. And then once the part, the show's gotten in the way, of the part-time gig. Yeah. Uh, I just finally said, "Hey, what do you think? Can I do this?" And we just took the leap. And I, I said, "Now's a better chance than ever if I do it now." And so I did it, and haven't looked back. Uh, you know, and I think the scariest time we've had two scary times in my career was the, the downfall. What in 2008 it was. Oh yeah, the, yeah. When the housing the market hit.
0: crashed and everybody. When was crashed.
1: There's a lot of guys who didn't, you know, come back to the top on that. You know, they they didn't really? they, they had to get out. And then the last was obviously this, you know, the pandemic when, when it, we all, you know, everything in this industry shut down. And that was a very scary time. But I, I'm very proud that I kind of stayed the course and uh, learned new things. I told you I had to learn how to do, you know, video and audio stuff to do do my own virtual shows, which was, you know, uh, it was a challenge. But I learned a lot in six months to get myself up and running to do these shows that I had booked instead of losing them altogether. So
0: now, did you, you know, you- it yeah. What did, did you tell your wife you wanted to be a magician like before or after you got married? Because I mean that would kind of like she didn't divorce you. Like I would have been like, oh, uh, you want to go into? Oh, oh so you're you of, uh...
1: are a geek.
0: <laughs> oh, you're doing. Magic. I married okay. a UPS yeah,
1: man, yeah. not marry a yeah, magician. Exactly.
0: I'm sorry, I thought you were going back to being a radio DJ. You want to be a magician? Yeah. But, yeah. like uh...
1: No, she was cool with it. I mean, she was you know, and I don't, I didn't meet her through magic. Although I tell the story that I, you know, I met her because I was some suave magician. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she was always very supportive, and I think because she had, you know, a good you know forty-hour-week job that paid insurance, and I, you know, even I have. When people come to me to this day, I say, "What do you think about?" They say, "If they should be a magician," I go, "Make sure your your spouse has insurance." Oh my! You know, God. yeah, flying here, flying there, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and you know, I think what's so interesting about magic, it's it's such a great job because I was saying to you. What I love and when you look around, like, obviously, I was an audience member for your show, but people are just like they're they truly escape for like the 30 minutes that you do your show. They are so engaged with what you're doing, like the rest of life stops. And I think that's such an amazing gift and job that you do. Absolutely. You know,
1: you could. My grandfather always he was a, a pastor at a church and he did these comedy shows where he would do prop. Just he wasn't a magician by any means, but he did prop comedy. And I just always remembered him, you know, if you can get laughter, laughter was type of therapy. And I, I believe, uh, you know, he was right. And I've heard that before from other performers that, you know, laughter is a type of therapy. And I think if you can just get people out of there, you know, and I tell you what's hard now is this the kids, the kids to this day, you know, they're so into their, you know, their iPads, their phones and to get them off to look up for a moment at a live performance you know, I think is that, you know, if you've achieved that, then you've done something pretty successful because it's tough to get, you know, and even I would say moms to this day, moms yeah. are, you know, they're, they're doing a thousand things and they're always in their phones. And, you know, I think for them to come into like the, say the castle and, you know, not have their phones, not have any worries, I think is, is great for just the everyday parent that comes in and, and, you know, their kids are getting babysitting. They can just kind of chill out for the night.
0: So you've been performing for like, I mean, you know, Almost twenty years. You've you've been uh, you know full time. It's been twenty,
1: yeah, 25, 27, 25 years full time.
0: You know, I there's always like a moment of panic when I watch magicians because it's not like stand up comedy where, kind of like if you bomb, you can just kind of make fun of the fact that no one's laughing. But I mean, if you fuck up a magic trick, like if you don't pull out the eight <laughs> of spades at the end where you're supposed to pull out yeah. the eight of spades, like the whole <laughs> the whole gig is up i mean have you ever well, I, th- I think
1: because my my you saw my act it's kind of a it's it's comedy and i in fact one night i think it was wednesday night i did screw up a trick and it just it didn't uh, something happened i don't know what happened but it didn't something didn't go right but i think because i don't take myself seriously i mean my 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 character is one that's just so fun kind of i think just kind of like what the hell who gives us you know i don't i think i get a pass and where i'm not that serious you know miss you know mystery kind of magician i think that I'm literally almost. I think people will relate to me because I'm almost like, that's the guy who lived next door to us. That's that's Ken, you know, you know. And I, I'm not some yeah. guy who's trying to be this crazy mystery guy. So I'm I kind of given I think a pass on that.
0: Okay, but when you say a joke, uh, when you say a, a trick didn't work, like what happened? Like did you literally, you know, were you supposed to pull out the eight of spades and then you pull out like completely, a segment? completely,
1: completely. I completely just screwed it up. I just I, I didn't focus and I just the the I had to do a secret move and it didn't work and uh it just it failed but i just covered it up by just some stupid snarky remarks and just you know went on like nothing happened and you know people still applauded for like go man you're doing great
0: go. <laughs> keep going next trick next trick yeah come wow. on wow wow yeah. okay so we so, came out for this you know like any any business any job you do mess up and you just keep going it's so funny okay because i'm like god you know the the people that perform in the magic castle are so good but i'm like you must get up there and then the illusion doesn't work.
1: Well, it's a numbers game. I mean, I I did 29 shows there at the castle. Um, So, you know, it's just a mere numbers game. But, you something's going to screw up. And you just got to, I mean, once you've been in this game long enough, you know how to cover it. You've got a backup. You've got this or that. You know, uh, the first night I was there, my dry erase marker didn't work. My first show, we call it the the move-in show on Monday night, and my dry erase doesn't work. And I went, but I have a second one. So I was, you know, <laughs> you learn from your mistakes to have backups of backups and, you know, where are you going to go if something happens to this? And uh, that's 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 just being in the business long enough and, and learning from your peers that, you know, to be prepared.
0: What's your business like? I mean, is because, you know, you kind of get, I think as an outsider, a vision that magic is very competitive. Like, how I don't even know how you learn tricks because I feel like magicians don't want to share their secrets or at least that's what you always kind of, I guess, hear, right? Is your business friendly? (laughs)
1: uh yeah wait well, listen it, it, it can be it can be as competitive as you want it to be and and you know obviously you want if you got competition in your backyard you don't want to give them your open you know blueprint of what you're doing for your business but uh you know there's 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 conventions all over the world where people go to like magicians go to and learn new things they they get lectured you know we give them learn new wares and, and how to you know present yourself and new tricks, new routines. There's like a whole dealer room where you can go buy new props. So this happens uh, everywhere. There's one that just took place in England last week that was 3,500 magicians. Wow. Uh, there's one in Vegas that takes place that 1,600 uh, magicians show up for in August. We, I produce one in Atlanta that we have like two hundred people that show up for it, and we have another one called the International Brother of Magicians that we have it every year, and it that one moves, and we have like five to six hundred people magicians show up for that every year. So it is a, an industry where we you try to learn, um, but you know when you look at the the you know professionals versus hobbyists, it, it obviously the hobbyists way outweigh it totally. It's the very hobby uh, art. You know, there's not you know you can count. There's not, the full times are not as much as you think.
0: Yeah. Well, right. And and that's like the thing with stand-up, right? To actually make it a full-time gig is very hard. Um, did you have a mentor? Like, I mean, did David Copperfield take you under his wing and is like, hey, you know, I'm going to teach you how to, like, make a car disappear? Like, I mean, anyone famous mentor you?
1: You know, I did. I had a guy in Atlanta that was not a magician, but he was, he was beloved by magicians because he built some things and he... His name was J.C. Doty. lived here in Atlanta. He and his wife Mary, and he was like a grandfather to me. He was just—he would come to my shows, and again, he wasn't a performer, but he knew he could see things and go, "You know, you should do this. You should put this table here," and he—he he knew things that had to make my show better. And so, I would say he was my mentor uh, for sure. And, I, and he was just the greatest. And uh, speaking of Copperfield, you know, growing up, I loved Copperfield. Me too. Up, I was watching like, him and. <laughs> So I was the president of the International Brother of the Magicians last year. It's a one-year stint that goes from July to July. So uh, I was, you get to honor a magician um, uh, you know, at, the, at the major convention that you're, that you're the president, you're the sitting president on. And I chose to you know, uh, honor Copperfield. I was surprised that it hadn't been done. And so I got a chance to really become friends with him this past year and a half. And it has been incredible just to go to Vegas and, and get to know him off the stage and and uh, you know look at his museum he has a beautiful museum in in uh, Vegas so yeah, so it was kind of surreal meeting my hero. If that makes sense.
0: Oh my god, yeah. I mean, well, look, all growing up, right? I mean, he would have those David Copperfield specials. I've actually met him in real yeah. life. He's a he's a person too that's very much a star. You know, like you meet people and you're like, oh, they're a star. Like there, he yeah. kind of has. A, now I'm sure you know him more as a friendly, you know, friend, but he has a real star presence about him. You're like, oh, he does you know, absolutely, he just, and he's yeah. had that.
1: Gosh, in the '80s, you could just you, you automatically look at him, you go, he must be somebody. It's like yeah. I told you when I do these housewives or something, know, yes. they must somebody, so he's got that look. He's got it.
0: Um, you know, one of the things I think is interesting about your business, like, do a lot of are there a lot of female magicians? I don't see a lot of female magicians, and why do you think that is?
1: You know, there there is not, and there there, but there ones that we do have are incredible, and we're always trying to promote and welcome. I I think forever it just became, you know, it was an industry where it was just looked at 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 as you know as just men. Sadly, yeah, that's how it was, you know, from days ago, and I think it's made a, a, a big leap and a change to really welcome, you know, women in as magicians, uh, uh, you know, and I think you're starting to see more of that. There was a, a girl, uh, her name is uh, Le- Carissa Hendricks, but she goes, she has a character. Yeah, so uh, Lucy Darling, uh, she was just there the week before I was there at the castle, and she is an incredible, you know, performer, uh, but yeah, we would, and she was there for the whole week, but she's pre- she's performed all over the world, and, and uh is just known all over the world for her act that she does but obviously magic needs more women we want more women yeah. and i think it's become it's definitely become more welcoming and saying, hey, we need, you know, performers, you know, women performers in this industry. So I think it's it's come a long way since, you know, back in the day. I know, What is,
0: an, like, what an amazing career too. And I feel like if you're a hot woman and you can do magic, like, hello, you could be making like $3 million a year. I'm like, <laughs> like, right? Like, I would just go like, get a boob job and learn some magic trick. I'd be like, so fucking rich, like, I mean, right? I mean, you would like- I'll see you next year at the castle. <laughs> I'm gonna be a new member. Yeah, exactly um you've performed five times at the White House so like tell me for which presidents and is that a nerve-wracking phone call I don't know I mean like so
1: like, it sounds it sounds bigger than it sounds great on the resume but it was for the Easter egg roll which you you yes. being from DC you probably know about that yes um yes. so I was hired it was during the Bush junior but w administration yep and I think it's a first lady event if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And there's a PR company that each president gets when they become a president. They have a PR company. And it was this PR company who hired a magician, a a friend of mine in D.C., to kind of, he proposed the idea of, what do you think about magic? I could have a magic stage on the South Lawn, and we do shows all day long from, you know, eight o'clock to whatever, like two o'clock, whatever it ends. And they accepted it. So it was You know, it was surreal to say, because we'd all go in the night before and go into the White House and and set our stuff up. And you'd have the dogs and these big rifle gunmen all over you look at your stuff. So it was intimidating, to say the least on that. But it was such a great thing just to be out there on the lawn. I mean, I remember meeting, um, they would also have like the Jonas Brothers before they were really huge. Yeah. They had, uh, um, what was uh, Miley Cyrus's, it was Montana, what was her name? Well, Um, Hannah
0: Montana, when she was on Disney.
1: So she was there as Hannah Montana. She wasn't there as Miley Cyrus. So I met her as Hannah Montana. And my daughter's freaking out like, look at this picture. I'm like, I got my flip phone out, you know, and that's how long ago it was. And uh, uh, But yeah, it was great. And it was just so cool just to be there on that. And I actually I want to tell you the truth. I stole a rose from the rose garden. No, no. Uh, I, I said, I got to get something from this place. So yeah. I took, I really, I literally took a handful of grass from the white, the South Lawn and I've got it in a bag uh, on my wall over here, just so I've got something from the White just House. Day, the grass. So, how stupid is that? I stole grass from the White House.
0: Uh, who's a magician <laughs> that you like to watch? Anybody actually, I mean, you know, you know all the secrets, right? So, I mean, is there anybody you watch and you're like, wow, okay, I actually wonder how that's done?
1: Well, I don't think the, I mean, I love, I love being fooled. I mean, magicians will lie to you if they don't say that. I love to this day being fooled by a magician. Uh, but I, I don't, I, I'd rather be entertained and watch where they take me. So I, I mean, I'm still in awe of Copperfield, obviously, when I see him. But like uh, Justin Willman, I don't know if you know Justin Willman. Justin Willman is a huge guy. He's got a, you know, a special on Netflix, several specials on Netflix. I love watching him. Uh, and Matt King, Matt King is another comedy magician in Vegas who, I could sit there and watch every day and he could do the same acts, same lines, but I just love watching his his style. Uh, so there's guys like that. And There's some guys who you just wouldn't even know that I've met, you know, that do cruise ships who are not known to the public, they're just, they just, they're workers, you know, yeah. I call them in the trenches yeah. guys. Um, so yeah, I still, I love watching magic. I love watching good magic. I should say. It's so
0: good. Did you ever go to Siegfried and Roy? Like I always wish I'd oh, went yeah. to them. Were they amazing? We Were they
1: did. Good? My, my wife and I went there and we sat in, at that time there was a pit. And once the bridge closed on this pit, you could not get out because they had the, the elephants and stuff going over this, this thing. And I had to pee so bad. <laughs> but yeah, I saw them. And uh, yeah, it, it was, you know, it's great to see these legends. I remember seeing Doug Henning legends. back in my childhood. I saw Doug Henning.
0: Yes. And, and I mean, you know, the thing about Siegfried and Roy, it's like, I don't know. Will we ever have a magician? We'll, we'll probably never have magicians that like have tigers and elephants ever again. You know what I mean? It's like...
1: I don't think you're going to see that i think that i mean obviously what after what happened to their accident I mean, yeah. that was tragic uh, but i you know you don't see many acts that are using animals a lot in their show nowadays You I mean you got ringley brothers who just completely folded their circus up when they couldn't use elephants and the animals anymore right so i think right. it's just uh you know uh even copperfield he had a beautiful duck routine where this duck came out webster and he took that out of his show so i think you're just seeing less and less animals because of you know the you know the animal abuse and they think that goes on and so you don't see many animals anymore i think what we'll, we saw one of the performers here at the castle had a, had a, uses his dog, his own dog yes, in the show, which it was, is,
0: cute. we saw that show. It was amazing. I know. Bring, I, I yeah. say bring back the animals. I mean, you know, what else are they going to do? Although, you know, the thing in Hollywood's always like, don't work with kids and animals. They're a pain in the ass, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> they are, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the animals, yeah. in the end, the animals, I like, get treated better than the people, especially now, which, I mean, they should. I'm not, I sound selling. I'm advocating for animal abuse here, but no, <laughs> but you know,
1: I don't know her, people. I don't know her. <laughs>
0: Ken, like, <laughs> Ken, like, what's off this show? Um, okay, uh, final question. And then, you know, because I, I talk a lot about reality TV. You, you've obviously performed for some reality stars. But you prefer some, for some big-name celebrities. Who, who did you enjoy performing for the most that was a celebrity or reality star?
1: Uh, probably Shaq. Uh, because Aww. he just loved magic so much and he's such a, he's a gentle giant.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's so uh, And when I
1: got booked for the show, I thought it was for his kids. I, and then it was his girlfriend at the time who was booking me. And I just did not understand the concept that this was for him. But I just thought it, cause it was going to she's like, this is going to take place at a skating rink, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and then finally we spoke and it goes, no, this is for Shaq. This is like his, for his 43rd birthday. He just loves magic. And we're gonna we're gonna close the the gonna close the, the rink down at ten and we'll take over the whole place at you know at ten o'clock the rink and Shaq loves magic and he loves skating I go he loves so I get there and he's got custom his 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 skates look like skateboards um, but he's out there skating this big band is skating on skates and I'm like he's doing it effortlessly you know I'm like I would fall be falling over but he loves magic and that was probably the coolest you know coolest time. Um, you know, doing Matt Damon, he, him, he, I met him at the castle. My friends, uh, our neighbor kid was in a movie called We Bought a Zoo. It was a movie that he had filmed. Yeah. Uh, and she was the little girl in the movie. And so when, when, when I was at the castle, she brought all the cast out there to the castle for brunch. And Matt came out with his family and that's where I met him. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, the castle, you, you're always going to see a star or two out there. Uh, I think on Saturday, uh, when I, after I saw you, I think Christian Bale showed up. He showed up with his his son, I think, and that was that um, was a bit that was a bit weird for me because you know he was in Prestige, which is a big magic movie, uh, and I could see his silhouette right there in front of me, and I could see him enjoying the show, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him or anything. Uh, but you know he was a you know I, I've seen every movie he's been in, and then uh, I'm a big fan of Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville was there Saturday night, uh, and oh, I my so they did, I did I did get to ch- talk to him and just. Tell him how much I enjoy his work, and he was just on Howard Stern, who I I love listening to Howard Stern, and he he said, yeah, I guess he the, the interviews that Stern does are just incredible. So we were had a, we had a moment, a five minute moment there before everybody came into the room. So it was neat.
0: Oh my God, I would have been shitting my pants with Christian Bale, and he probably didn't speak to you because you know he's a method actor. He's probably in some sort of fucking Batman mode or whatever, so he couldn't like break character.
1: He was definitely <laughs> in hair, you know, you know, he was he, his hair was grown <laughs> out and he had a, yeah. a a beard, but they did talk to uh, I think the. Performer Next Door, I just didn't get a chance to because I was do I had to do four brunch shows uh, or I would love to chat with them. But, you know, the castle has always been designed where uh, it was called, I think called the Cary Grant rule. Back in the day when they like Johnny Carson's and these celebrities would go to the castle, they made it a safe haven for celebrities to go to because you couldn't carry your cameras around. You couldn't take pictures. And the celebrities just kind of felt, you know, at a place where they didn't they're not going to be bothered. And that's still in place today. So you don't. When these guys go there knowing that they're not going to get you know hounded by paparazzi and get pictures taken of them, and everybody's got their phone out. So that's kind of why they've got the big strict rule about no phones and no recording and all that stuff. So
0: um, for you know, for people that don't know, the castle is invite only. I, I personally think it's one of the best things in Los Angeles. Um, but do you have any um, tips for people? How can they? Is there any other way they can get in? I, I think staying at the Magic Castle Hotel gets you tickets, yeah, right? Like any that
1: gets you I, I, that does get you a ticket if you stay at the hotel, I believe uh just if you if you know a member there's a lot of members in la there's a lot of members that are you know uh if you just if you know someone there's a lot of people who aren't magicians who are still members of the club i believe like called associate members Uh, and you can become a member some people just want to become a member of this club because it's just a you know a nice place to take clients to so there's a lot of they call them associate members they're not necessarily performers they just want to be a part of this you know this beautiful club so there's ways to become members of this club, and that's what that's how the place is survived by is by the members and what you know their their yearly dues they pay there.
0: Awesome! Are so, you guys taking podcasters? This is great. I'm going to apply.
1: I, you know what? Uh, buy some booze. I'm sure they'll they'll bring you in there. <laughs>
0: what are the standards to get into this club? Like, do you guys do any like uh, interviews, background checks? I don't know if I'll make. it. Well, you it. notice
1: when you come in, you can, you got you know to get in, you can, you can't be just wear you got to wear a tie and a jacket, yeah. you got to wear a dress and. You know they've got uh, some things in place up there. If you don't have a tie, they got a tie for you. If you don't have a jacket, they got a jacket for the men. So uh, that's just a strict rule they've kept for a long, long time. And they, they, and you uh, know, I give them, you know, hats off. They kept it because it just kind of keeps it's, the club, it, yes. you know, very kind of swank. You know, a like little, little. Uh, uh, different than any other club in L.A., I think.
0: Oh, my God. Anyway, it's amazing, right? We're all used to basically going to, like, TJ Maxx in the airport where people are, like, dressed in their pajamas from the night before with their, like, retainers still in. So it's like a refreshing, like, you know, it's like, oh, great. You know, people still dress. This is nice.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they get there. They find they're like, oh, wow, you don't sting today.
0: Yeah, it's, like, amazing. Um, okay, Ken, we have to do some magic. So somebody
1: Somebody told me at the show, she says, I shaved my legs to come in here tonight.
0: <laughs> you were like, what the fuck? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, too much information. But I mean, she's, I guess she was saying, I don't get out much. And she's like, I had to put this dress on and I shaved my legs. So I'm like, great. Welcome.
0: Uh, would you like to you be, be the touch one that it. comes up? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right. We have to do magic. By the way, kenscottmagic.com is your website. You perform birthdays, private events. You perform nationwide. Uh, people yeah. can follow you there on lot social of, media. A lot of
1: a lot of corporate a lot of corporate events so yeah look me up on that out and i would love to bring my my show travels very easily so i can travel pretty pretty easily so just uh ring me up i'll be I'll, i'm there you got the money i'm there
0: <laughs> that's my motto too you got the money i'm there <laughs> um all right what are we doing for magic and i, I hope right, so, the hell this doesn't freeze because lord knows well what... so here's the
1: deal we, you okay. know, they often think when we're doing stuff you know on tv or you know through camera that it's a camera trick right okay and i want it so i've got this this little ear pod and it looks normal right you could say it looks normal but if i hold it really really far back it, it see how it gets smaller yeah but if i hold it up like towards the camera like that it looks really big doesn't it yeah that's because i you know, hold it to the camera but maybe that's that could be an illusion that could be the illusion of it all because you know it really is <laughs> you know you think about it, it's just that big so yeah it's just an illusion so um and you know my yes. kids when they were kids we did Halloween and uh, these are the best. Can you guys see this? These are the okay. best. It's these like are a lollipop, dumb right?
0: A dum dum. Yeah. Okay.
1: These are the cheap ones. When the kids didn't dress, they got the dum dum. Okay. This is what you got. When you, did, you didn't get the chocolate. You got the old cheap dum dum. Well, my particular favorite one. I love orange. Can you see that? Yes,
0: it's orange. It's an now, orange lollipop. Okay. You can see it
1: great now. I'm going to have you choose some before I do. I'm gonna, Excuse me, I'm gonna eat this. Okay. I've got a piece of paper here and I want you to imagine you have a die uh, on your table and I want you to roll the die and tell me what number pops up in your imagination.
0: Okay, but say it out loud, right?
1: Yeah, say S- it out loud, yep. Six. six, six. Six, now I want you to look at this because on this piece of paper here, you look at this piece of paper, look yeah. at number six is. You see that?
0: Yeah, number six.
1: It's, six is Batman, you see that? Six is yep, Batman, Batman right there. Yep. You see, it would to have been Catwoman, Superman, Thor, Iron, but you pick Batman. Watch this. I have teeth that are strength. Why, here's. Ow. I just broke a tooth for this podcast. There it goes. Look closely.
0: Okay, I'm looking closely. Is it in the shape of a bat? What? Is that a bat? (laughs) What? It's Batman. (laughs) Okay, the lolly like transformed into Batman what that's crazy oh Ugh. my god numbers I picked the number six Batman is by it and then Ken pulls the lollipop out and it's Batman that's really good Ken okay I love this, this is
1: this is the geeky stuff we do
0: it's so good. Oh, my God. Your act was amazing. People need to come and see you. It was just, it was so funny. It was so interactive. You brought my brother-in-law up on stage. You do this act where you have them put on like a tuxedo jacket and, um, you know, his arms were short and go and like, you're, look, the whole thing, you do card tricks. You do, it's just, it's amazing. It, it's so good at well, what you do. It was, I, it
1: was so, I, I knew when I, when you said something, you gotta be on my podcast. I said I gotta know this lady, and because uh, I, I watched <laughs> you, you were in the front row, if I recall. You were in the front row, we, right?
0: No, we were like we were like three rows back, and I like I. But,
1: you, but I could tell you were engaged. I, I could hear you. I, I, I was obsessed. So I, was, like, I obsessed. said I gotta meet. I gotta meet her. So you came by after the end of the show, and you go, you gotta be on my podcast. And I'm like I gotta know her. So yes, and I'm glad you, I did.
0: You, I, I came up to help you with something, and I said, oh my god, Ken, I think you need to be on my podcast. And you were like, you think, you know, like, it like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it like, yeah. it's like I like this guy. Write that. I, see, I gotta write
1: that line down again you're so
0: good with the comeback you're so good so uh kenscott is the website thank you so much for being on i'm telling you, you people need to go to the magic castle and see you and are you are you actually performing because a lot of my listeners are in the dc region are you performing anywhere in dc or in baltimore coming up
1: uh not not publicly i do a lot of uh stuff in dc for schools i have a friend up there named joe romano who has a great company up there in dc area and uh we do school shows we go and we take an educational message where we teach kids about character or about reading or something like that. And we use magic to kind of get their attention. Uh, so it's just a good way to get kids, you know, to keep learning, but in a fun way. And we do this all throughout, you know, DC area, Virginia area, Baltimore, Philly, New Jersey. Uh, and he books me a lot up in that area. So my God. Uh, yeah, I, I love that love area. It.
0: I love it. You you are so great. And, and are you still married to the same woman? Is she still into magic?
1: Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> 30 years we've been married. I, I can't, it would be 30 <laughs> years so nice. uh, this month. And I can't, I'm like, are you stupid? Why did you stay with me? You could have, you could have got a UPS driver, but no, you stuck with a magician. I
0: mean, the magician is a big and no offense to our UPS drivers, but I mean, the, the, the magic that you do is is a little bit, you know, the, the guys in brown and the women in brown do a great job, but uh, I think magic was a good call for you. Very good call. It so. was. It was. And,
1: you know, I mean, it's it's the. Yeah, I mean, I love doing it. There, obviously, there are moments, but I love, I love everything about it. It's you know, every shows that I say, every shows a different show, and the, the, you know, like you know, uh, at after every show, you've been fired. You know, yes. you're looking for your next gig. Yes,
0: so. yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, look, my advice is bring back the tigers. Fuck PETA. You know, we need more. <laughs> <laughs> Think about animals. That's all I'm saying. All right, bye, Ken Scott.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much.